Hey, welcome into the Blake Street Tavern as always. Jake Shapiro, Ryan Konigsberg, Ali Monroy back. The Blake Street Tavern, uh, home to BSN Buffs Road Games. Uh, Buffs Road Games where the BSN Buffs crew routinely spends their time here. We had a nice little staff meeting. Blake Street Tavern, good place to have staff meetings. They've got themselves a boardroom. They will cater to your needs here at the Blake Street Tavern. No bar in Denver does this. Uh, I mean, they have huge parking lot in downtown Denver as well. Beautiful back patio, like three different bars in one. I think it is actually mentioned as three different bars in one. Kitchen open till midnight. This is the spot. It is the Blake Street Tavern, the home for the Colorado Buffaloes when they are not at Folsom Field or Coors Event Center. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. As I said, Ali Monroy, some fans said, hey, we got to get Ali Monroy more involved in <laughs> BSN Buffs and BSN Denver. We don't like the other guys. I feel really slighted by that. Ryan feels really slighted by that. But I, we both genuinely agree that Ali Monroy, now coming back from suspension of bad takes, yes, okay. we want her on the BSN Buffs and BSN Denver network a little bit more. For those of you who do not know, Ali's doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work now. That's why you haven't seen her byline as much. She is still very much working for us and actually, actually taking a larger role than the one she had before. So you'll see a lot of Ali. You will see a lot of Ali because it will be video-based. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone needs more Ali Monroy in their life, and you'll be getting it very, very Guys, soon. Guys, you're so sweet. She is now our <laughs> executive producer of video, so... Round, like if there was a if we had a soundboard, I would say like hey. the round of applause, sound. like the classic radio. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but yes, congrats to Allie. She returned from a suspension in in a spectacular I way. I was never suspended. It was like uh, I was gone. I went home for the holidays, guys. What holidays? <laughs> when was I suspended? Oh, recently. <laughs> I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Yeah, that's what I we were we saying. I thought we were talking about forever ago. You said that I the was holidays. suspended again. Mom and Grandma's birthday are holidays. You said I was suspended again. How many times have you said I'm suspended? Every time you're not on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, uh... Well, yeah, if you don't follow um, BSN Denver, you guys should go follow them. I'll be doing videos for All the teams in town. Now. All the teams. Allie's got all the teams. She got promoted above me. Um, basically, everyone that's worked with me has now hopped me. Uh, and it's probably it's because I'm a terrible true. writer who does not deserve credentials. Okay. How, who else has hopped you? I got hopped by a couple of my roommates my freshman also, year. Also, Allie didn't hop you. She moved to a different department. Different true. department. True. Okay, fine. True. 
we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show today. Pac-12 Media Days was today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Pod coming on Thursday. A couple weeks not from now, we're going to move the pod up a day, so just stay tuned for that. But for now, it's still sticking on Thursdays. Fall camp starts on Saturday. We have the full schedule. How many open practices? Like we said, there's going to be one. We got tipped off about that. There's also an open scrimmage, as well as student day. Ryan, do you remember the last time uh, the Buffs had a st- open practice to students? Yes. Do you remember what one Jake Shapiro did? I was there, too. Jake Shapiro and Ali Monroy, both students, went to the practice. Yes. Which they they were in their right to do. They were disgruntled. (laughs) But as I told them, student athletes, student media. Yeah. And they said, well. Both of those uh, people disregard the student part of their jobs. Right. Of their titles. Exactly. We both forget the fact that we're students constantly constantly Chicago accent boy uh, but yeah Pac-12 media day the buffs were picked fourth in the Pac-12 South after their 10 and 4 season in which they won the Pac-12 South uh, Ryan and I have been talking a little bit off and we won't give you our win predictions yet but I'm I feel pretty fourth is pretty comfortable I know they're picked below UCLA I think I maybe they could have been that. picked above UCLA but UCLA is a team that always has talent and has recruiting classes that always come in there but that school is a little bit of a mess at the second they also have Josh Rosen uh like number one I mean the greatest Montez, Jew ever Steve Montez uh, <laughs> is someone who we are a fan of on this program but this is this is a guy who I guess that's true since he was in high school People were talking about him being a number one pick one day. Um, he might not do that now because some guy in Wyoming, like the most notable thing that's ever happened in Wyoming is about to happen. Uh, that's not the most notable thing that's ever happened in Wyoming. Don't say something stupid about they history. Got, oh, <laughs> <laughs> women's suffrage oh, was wow. first in, in Wyoming. They give women the right to vote first. Speaking of respecting women. No, the, but the thing about that that people didn't know is there was no women that lived in Wyoming at the time. And it so was, they were just like, it was an inside <laughs> joke for them. It was like Ryan's history facts, but like it w- there was just nobody in Wyoming. So it was like the United States is like we're giving one state the vo- right, women's rights to vote, and it was literally like one tenth of one tenth of the All right, population. Guys, we of actually women have buff stuff to talk about. I know this is the last summer Wyoming podcast. Were like, they were like laughing. Oh they were like, "This is hilarious." They were on a camping trip, and they just like got lost <laughs> there. It, that's how the entire state senate met before. It was just a camping <laughs> trip at Lake Glendo. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh my God. They actually pitched it in Fort Collins because they weren't sure where Wyoming ended and, and uh, Fort Collins began. Nice. Subtle, subtle. I heard you get a jab out in at, at CSU on the Rockies podcast today, and uh, I got one in on the Buffs on the Broncos podcast. Did today. you listen to mine on the on the? Rock? Yeah, okay. yeah. My good. new thing is listening to the BSN Rockies podcast while I work out. Is Drew that annoying? He's just like, God damn it! Ah. Your voices inspire me. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I have a strong internal compass, strong morals on this one. Right, well, we've guys. talked about CSU, uh, Wyoming. Wyoming, the Broncos, and the Rockies so far on this podcast. Women's we're right making our well. way. We're making our way back to to our home base. We're making our way back to making this podcast great again. Will the Buffs be great again? You were talking about Josh Rosen, where the Buffs deserve to be in the Pac-12 South. Yeah, we talked about the Buffs. Yeah. Uh, we started off. Do you not even remember? No. <laughs> so many. Fourth, fourth is about right, and, and I understand. Everyone knows this team is going to take a step back, and, and I, I'll preface it with that. So we'll get into, like, the reaction of my column later, but I kind of wrote about that in my column, and I was surprised that it got the reaction that it did 
and we'll talk about that because everyone knows they're going to take a step back. And they were picked to be fourth in the Pac-12 South media poll. So my question to you is, are any of you guys surprised that they were picked fourth? I mean, fourth or third, that's not that big of a difference. If, they w if you thought they should have been picked first or second, that's a big surprise. Well, they were picked last last year, so I think. Look, USC is running away with the Pac-12 South this year. Uh, that's happening. So they're, no, they're not finishing first. Um, after that, I mean, you can, you can make an argument, I suppose, if, with things, Utah? if things go the right way for the Buffs. Um, can you read me the rankings? It's um, it was USC, Utah, um, UCLA, Buffs, uh, Arizona, Arizona, State, Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, there we go. So, I, I mean, did that yeah, out of memory, so sorry. Anything after two, I could see you make an argument for the buffs uh, in terms of, okay, if this goes that way, if Steven Montez plays up to, like, uh, it's not a, a real thing, but, like, newcomer of the year in the Pac-12, like, you're talking about big-time things. Sorry, Steve Montez, I'll, I'll get it right. Uh, <laughs> the, the bigger question for me was that one person actually voted for the buffs to be first in the Pac-12 South. Brian. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It yes. probably wasn't Brian. Brian actually doesn't do that. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, who, who did that? Why? <laughs> did Phil Lindsay get a vote by accident? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, you can't honestly sit there and say that so you should be above USC. Um, but I don't know. After some of the reaction to your column, I guess, I guess there's a lot of people who think the Buffs aren't going to take a step back. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and, and before we get to that, because I think a lot of people want to hear what I have to say about my <laughs> own thing that kind of spoke for itself. Allie, uh, you've been reading quotes for a while. What are some of the quotes that McIntyre, Lindsey, and uh, uh, Derek McCartney gave today that stood out to you? One that stood out to me is Mac is as high on Isaiah Oliver as the rest of us oh, as yeah. he should be. Um, yeah, he did talk about Isaiah Oliver. Um, I can read you that quote. Um, sorry, there's like five pages of quotes that I'm going through. He said he's an unbelievable talent. He came fourth in the Pac-12 in the decathlon. He's just a freak athlete. He's very, very bright. And in high school, we, he played mainly receiver. He played a little bit of DB. And I thought he'd be a great corner because I thought he was so talented athletically. Um, he's played for us every year. He's played as a freshman. He played last year as a sophomore. If you watched the Stanford game last year, he covered them like a blanket and help, helped finish the game off. I feel like he's a phenomenal talent and excited to see him out there playing. I think that's when the Oliver hype train really grew is that Stanford game. Like, that's when everyone was like, oh, like everyone knew he could play. Ryan even said he was going to the NFL before then. But that was the game where it's like, oh, I mean, if Cheeto went down right now, I'd feel pretty good with Isaiah just there. Like, I think that's when everyone just kind of was enamored with Isaiah Oliver. Yeah, I mean, he's basically a perfect cornerback in terms of his build, his stature, his, his uh, specs, his speed, his arm length. All of it adds up, and that's kind of why when I just saw him walk out of the field, I was like, oh, wow, this guy is an NFLer, especially knowing that he was fast. Um, he basically has it all when it comes to being a defensive back. It's crazy. It kind of reminds me, actually, and I don't know why I haven't drawn this comparison. Last season, um, being behind Cheeto and Akella Witherspoon uh, is kind of like Bradley Roby being behind Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris on the Broncos. He 
maybe is underhyped right now because he was behind two guys who were going to play in the NFL. And he's going to play in the NFL too, but he was stuck behind two guys. So he's fantastic, and uh, he might actually end up being drafted higher than either of those two guys. Allie, what else did you see today? Um, he talked about – someone asked a question about going back-to-back years and having that success and how um, McIntyre is trying to make people believers. Um, and he answered back <laughs> – okay. He answered back, it's all about players. Players make plays. Players win games. We just coach, we but the players – Can we get some new material? Right. <laughs> like, this is the same coach speak we've had for five no years. No WTTF. No more players make plays. Players win games. We Why need new do models. you hate on them? They're no, great, we, but they were last year's right. thing. No more the rise. That's my whole thing with the rise. That's literally half the, the column with the rise. We'll get, get to that. Get new stuff. Anyways, he goes on and just says, we just coach, but the players set the standard and the culture. We preach it to them. We believe it in them, and we want them to trust us, but they have to buy in. These guys are bought in. We have a lot of good leaders coming back and a lot of good football players coming back, so it's all about the football players. He also goes on and says, I feel like we don't have to rebuild. We just have to reload. That's oh, wow. every single coach in the history of rebuilding programs has said that. <laughs> right, but now they've reached well, that. Actually, um, Vance Joseph said when he took over, uh, it's not a rebuild, it's a reboot. The Rockies, this isn't a rebuild, this is a retool. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> rebuild or um, reload, like Alabama reloads. You gotta. There are four schools in the country that reload. You have to have at least two winning seasons in a row before you can say you're reloading. <laughs> yeah, you need to have like a better kill rate to say you're reloading. <laughs> like we're warning you, we're reloading. We're like, well, you didn't shoot us the first eight times, so who cares? But then you like landed ten out of your last fourteen shots. Now people are like, oh, okay. So McIntyre goes on and talks about how. Um, being fourth in the media poll is kind of motivation to them. He talks about how he goes, I think our kids have seen it. They've seen it all through. The season was over, and different articles, different things had been said to them. You know, was that just a dream season? Was that just one thing? Was the Pac-12 really that good? Yeah, it's good. It's always good. It's just that we haven't been good for a long time, so everyone can't really see, can't really say that we're there. Everything, the Buffs played really good last year. They had a great season. We all admit that. Amazing. Absolutely everything broke their way last year, except for maybe USC at the end of the year. But like even then, they got hot too late. Like everything went the Buffs' way that they needed it to. Like they didn't. Obviously, at the end, it went a little bit differently. But basically, they got every bounce they needed to, and nothing more. It was like the perfect amount of bounces just to keep them in games and have them win it, and they did so. To me, it wasn't. I don't know. I look at bounces, and I'm sorry for making another Broncos reference here, but. The 2015 Broncos got bounces. I mean, they were actually getting bounces. Like, the ball actually bounced directly into Bradley Roby's hands, and he ran it back for a the, touchdown. The quarterback fumble in Stanford was the best bounce I've seen in a football game in a long time. Stanford in favor game of was. CU. I mean, like, they got they got They, they got, got lucky, lucky in the Stanford game for sure. The I mean, Stanford that was an game, ugly I mean, win. That was, Stanford was a whole <laughs> other animal. Utah, Utah you had some of the most – you had Joe Williams, who was one of the best running backs in the country, fumble twice, and he, that's why yeah, you win that he, game. He's never been like a – I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying the defense wasn't great because same just, case as it, Washington State. I'd, I, like – you talk about gut feelings. My gut, like, usually tells me, like, a team is getting bounces. They had some stuff going in their favor. 
But also, they had 10 years of everything going against them. So, like, that the was Fresno, kind of just... The Fresno State game alone should have given them a year of this luck. So, like, <laughs> that was... I didn't feel like it was lucky, but I know where you're coming from. They had a lot of things go their way. They had health, except for their quarterback, most for the most part, go their way. Um, I mean, they really were only without their kicker, Derek McCartney, and Sefo for three games. Like, that was... That was it. Like, that was the list those of those are big teams. losses. Those are big, big losses, but every football team has that and more normal. I'll just say, they, were, they weren't a – it didn't feel like luck to me as much as it felt like destiny, and you could, like, debate whether or not those things are different. But <clears throat> it felt like they were meant to be. But they, it was because of them. It was because of their attitude and their desire is what I thought brought them that type of – whatever you want to call it, those bounces – I felt like they made that because they just wanted it more than everyone else. With that being said, Mac goes on and talks about um, the team's attitude now. Um, he talks about how the work ethic has been phenomenal. He goes, it's always been great, but this group of guys understands what was left by the legacy of the other young men, and they don't want a letdown. So I've seen a little bit more intensity. I've seen a little bit by the leaders, more involved, vocal. He goes on and says, I really haven't had to say much at all. They've been leading by example and by vocal. They make that makes a big difference. They've held the standard higher. I don't have to hold the standard anymore. They set it, so that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah, I don't know how you could outwork last year's team. I just I don't know. I don't know if that's talk or not, but you know. But I mean, we've talked about it earlier in the podcast. I think seeing some of their brothers, some of their teammates make it in the NFL, be drafted, makes them want to motivate. Like, but does that motivate you to want to be individual goals and get drafted, or does that give you the goal to? all in for the team and I think those are two huge differences. Well, I think you would see you would see all those players last year. They all played for the team and they it made themselves better. So I feel like if you would Right, but are these guys playing for themselves in hopes of getting the team better? I think if you were to take example from last year's team, then they would be playing for the team and making everyone better including themselves. But that's what just I would think. Like Cepho is a perfect example and he was the heartbeat of that team. He was he was the quintessential team guy. He really didn't care about anything else other than winning. The dude sacrificed his body to convert basically every third and one <laughs> last season. Like, but you have Phil now. But this, I know, but th- I'm talking about a guy in, in Cepho who, like, did not, like, a lot of players in that position could have said, like, hey, I don't want to put this type of mileage on my body. I'm trying to make a career in this sport. He would have never, that thought would have never crossed his mind. And, you know, I, I remember asking him after their last game of the season, how do you want to be remembered at CU? Like, what what do you want your legacy to be? And you're just like, I just want to be remembered as one of the guys. That's like, those are the type of guys you need. I'm sorry, but like, there's and a lot of players on this team who would not have a similar answer. In that year, Sefo's year, we talked about it a lot last year. His first three years on campus, he was the reserved quarterback that sit uh, sat there, watched film, didn't really go out with the guys, wasn't really one of the guys because he wasn't in that pack. He was so involved in football and so involved in, in the game plan and stuff, he wasn't really one of the guys. Last year, he became one of the guys. He became the leader of the team. He became the guy that everything was centered around in so many different ways. So many of the players and their attitudes that were displayed to me last year and that have been displayed to me over the summer they don't care about being one of the guys. They want to be the guy. And when I talk about in my column, stuff like that where I've looked into their eyes and I know that that dude is more individualistic than he is for the team or his ambitions aren't as strong about winning the Pac-12 South as they are going in top three rounds of the NFL draft, 
that is bad things for the Colorado Buffaloes. And I'm not talking about them going four wins or six wins. I'm talking about them going from 10 wins to eight or seven. Like, that's not that huge of a drop-off, and people would chalk that up to talent. But this team, honestly, is just as talented, if not more talented, than last year's team. The biggest difference is ambition, desire, and heart to me. To I'm me, and you might look I'm at the I'm going to have to disagree with you on the talent part um, because they, they lost four dudes to the National Football League. I, I know, but I'm just saying they have a lot of talent left on that defense still. They're a lot younger, yes, but there's still a lot of talent. They just don't have that want, and I can't really blame them as I mean, much for it because you look at these guys, they was, were so inspired by being so bad for so long. There was 10 years' worth of hunger built up, and I realize for those guys personally it was only three, but there was a whole like there was this whole thing about changing CU, making CU great again. All this stuff, you can't like you can't replicate that. And so I agree with Jake in a lot of senses that like once you've actually uh, Von Miller said it to me perfectly one time talking about last season. He said once you've reached the mountaintop, and I realized that the Buffs didn't quite reach the the real mountaintop. But once you've reached the mountaintop, it's it's human nature to stop for a second and enjoy the view. And Jake, I think you saw it better than anyone, and you know you kind of pointed it out to me last year. To them and to us, it kind of felt like winning the Pac-12 South was the mountaintop. And so they, they stopped and took a second to look at the view. And in football, you cannot take a second to look at the view. Now, hey, maybe they were very humbled and we're, we're kind of misreading this. And they're restarting and press and starting all over. And they want to reach a new mountaintop. But if they're humbled, why are they tweeting the exactly. stuff that they're tweeting? Right, and that's what I wanted but, to and say. And that's individualistic. Like you were saying, going back to your own point, like after – us releasing a uh, like top twenty chart, the most arbitrary thing ever. Very selfish. Like if yeah, I you're mean, ranked a certain number, it means your team is so good that that you're ranked that if you're ranked at that level. I just think, especially after the way this whole humble, thing, the way like, this whole thing is gone, especially after Jake's column, like the tweet was deleted, but I think it's very relevant now. When Devin Ross was, was he ranked number eleven? Yeah, he was rated. He was ranked the second best receiver on campus, I believe. But he, I think he was rated 11. Yep. And, he, and he quote tweeted and said, "No way, there's 10 dudes better than me on this team." Come on, folks, that doesn't happen under the. I don't even know what to call it. I want to say the previous regime, but it's like the previous regime of leadership. That kind of stuff. No one was thinking that way. No. And the fact that these guys are so in their press clippings, that like, was just shocking to see that. Journalists. Why do you care what I think, one? Two, this attitude started when all of them got left off of the award season and conference awards uh, going into the Pac-12 championship game. And me and you sat, all three of us sat here on the podcast and goes, they're like fake mad. They're not mad. They're fake mad. And ever since then, that attitude has carried over, and there have been very little things to change it. There have been a couple quotes from Isaiah Oliver, Phil Lindsay, Derek McCartney that I've been like, damn, like that kind of makes me believe again. That is like a legit quote where I could tell they're being earnest. But we talk about this all the time. There's 80% followers on a team, 10% good, 10% bad. Will the buffs follow the 10% good leaders or the 10% guys that have individual goals? And I think that's the big question for this team, and that's why my column was a warning. That's what that entire column was, as well as that the rise cannot be replicated because nothing is like that. Yes, I understand that the rise as a program is still continuing, but the rise season will forever be known as 2016. Yeah, and I, in, you know, I think that headline was very powerful, and it caught people a little off guard. But I, I agree with it. 
I agree with you, you and I agree with Will. And that's something that can happen. I think everyone Will. thought they had to pick sides there. I agree with both of you. I agree with you in the sense that the rise can never be replicated. And that's why I sat here on this podcast every single week and said, please soak this up. <laughs> Enjoy every second of it. It's never going to be like this ever again. So in that sense, yes, don't expect the rise to continue. The rise was over the second that season ended, no matter what. No doubt. In the other sense, I agree with Will in the sense that the rise can the be an, I, an idea of bringing the program from the seller back to national prominence. And I think the process of that is going on and is, and is happening. But in the end, talking about you know this team and their attitude, it's really easy to see. And people were upset with you for saying it. But just look at things a little differently and kind of look at the way these guys are – it's, it might sound some stupid, of but guys. right, yeah, some, some of, of these guys. Obviously, Phil Lindsay, guys like that. Even Isaiah Oliver, you don't see him. Derek McCartney, they're about, not tweeting. Yes, but just look at some of the stuff that's out there, and you have to see that there's a different nature about what these guys are looking out for. And a lot of them talked about being inspired by their friends getting drafted. And maybe that got a little in their heads, and they're like, and now all they think about is the NFL. Whatever it is. I think Jake was completely in the right in saying there's something to be concerned about. And I think some of the fans were had decent gripes with you. You know, like, you were writing on feeling. And so someone can say, like, hey, you don't have anything concrete to back that up. And if, and if the Buffs win 10 games or whatever, then you come back to Jake and say your feeling was wrong. Jake will n- own up to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I owned up to it last year. I was completely wrong preseason. Right. But a lot of people were. Right. And then I was completely right from the Arizona State game on about every single game in the season. So let's – let's, and this is what I wanted Jake to, to respond to a lot of you. Let's see what happens. Uh, if they take a step back and you, you can tell in these games that they don't just have that desire to win no matter what, then you guys ought to come back and give Jake an apology and say you were right. If the Buffs win 10 games and they're great and everything works out perfectly and they, you know, they're pulling games out – late in games when things are getting tough and their their backs are against the wall, then you can come back to Jake and say you're an idiot. Uh, and, but, I, and I will be if that's true. Right. I will be a complete idiot if that's true. But, but let's the thing, the see biggest, what happens. But the biggest thing is I don't think Jake was ever saying that they were going to go back to a four-win like a four win season. Jake I said at the end of the column that you should expect them to step, go to the Holiday Bowl. They're just going to take a step back, and we all have been talking about this for months now, especially with losing four – four people on the defense and the defensive coordinator and now switching to DJ Elliott. We've been talking about this for months now. No one's no one's saying that they're going to go back to what they used to be. They just might take a step back. It just might not be the exact same thing. And honestly, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll watch it, but I don't think it's really that close to might. There's going to be a step back. It's going to be really hard for this team to be as good as they were last year. And Allie brought up a point that we hadn't even talked about. They lost Jim Levitt. That's a huge deal. And we've talked about it a lot this offseason. We're not that enamored with DJ Elliott. We haven't seen him coach in a football game yet. We haven't seen this new defensive staff. But this entire defense is brand new, aside for Derek McCartney, Ryan Moeller, Afalabe Laguda, and the defensive line coach. Like, the entire defense is new. Something that I want to bring up with DJ Elliott that kind of confuses me is it started with Jim Levitt in the sense of the Buffs kind of started to realize the value of social media when they hired Jim Levitt. And I don't want to overvalue this sort of thing because it is social media in the end and it is it is what it is. But I think it is a bit puzzling that after hiring Jim Levitt, 
and they realize that, wow, social media can be a great place for our football team to market themselves. Then you go ahead and hire Darren Cheverini, who fell into that mold perfectly. Oh he was He's the offense young it. version of Levitt. Then Chef an- subtweeting me is peak, though. And then you have another kind of uh, hire to make, and they didn't go in that direction. I thought it would have been nice to get a guy who kind of is willing to take take on that social media rule. Why not make yourself into the program with the best social media presence in the Pac-12? Why isn't that, especially after seeing what Chev can do on there, why hasn't that become a goal for the program? Well, I Why mean, isn't Mike McIntyre back on Twitter? Why wasn't he back for the offseason? The McIntyre, last thing he tweeted was a Drake meme, I believe. <laughs> McIntyre actually talked about that at Media Day. Someone asked him, a lot of teams are putting emphasis on social media, particularly Oregon, now with Coach Levitt. Um, what are your thoughts on social media? And McIntyre answered, I think social media is good in our country. It's good and bad. Watch the news every day. There are pros and cons on that. But social media is something the kids are, all in, are on all the time. I think it's a tool you can use. There's a lot of different tools in recruiting. But still, I think the best is meeting them in person, talking to them in person, and looking for a young man in the eye to see if there's some. Looking there's a young a, man in the eye. If he's why somebody am I, Why that is he allowed to, to do be, it, but I'm not? If see, it's and somebody I, and, that oh, wants on, to Allie. be in your program and you, wanna, you want in your program. Okay, a lot of people talk about you look at a young man in the eye, you see his heart, you see his desire. What if you look a young man in the eye and you don't see that? That's what I saw. What's the difference? Why are you allowed to say the positive one, but you can't say the negative one? Mind you, because I didn't call out anybody. Because it doesn't fit the narrative that people want to see. When fans have a team that has success, that team starts to become more and more invincible in their mind. And the, what you said didn't fit the narrative that people wanted for their team this season. And really, like, that's the truth. Mike McIntyre, the guy who everyone is – on their knees for, said the exact same thing that you said in, in a different way. But no one's calling out Mike McIntyre saying, you can't learn anything from looking in a guy's eyes. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and, like, Jake does get the opportunity to look these guys in the eyes. I he's, don't sit in a cubicle. In I'm not a blogger. <laughs> I go to every single practice. And you're rubbing shoulders with these guys in Boulder all the time. Like, I go to cl- I'm in class with half of them. I go out with them. Like, it's not like these guys are nobodies to me. I might be the most connected media person to the players. Probably, I probably definitely am. I mean, I, mean, I got texts I will from say a bunch of them. Maybe you aren't rubbing shoulders. Like, your shoulder is rubbing their elbow. But it's still the same thing. <laughs> okay. I'm not looking them in the eye. I'm looking them in the nipples. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> There is a great picture of me and Javier Edwards out on the internet somewhere. But I want to I say one more thing on this. Shea Fields quote tweeted the column and said, you really tried it with this one, which great piece of lingo that I learned from Shea. Yeah, we were, we're incorporating that. Um, tried it, what that means according to Urban Dictionary, is you tried to accomplish something great and fell, fell flat on your face. You know who tried it? The Buffs in their last two games of the season. I just think after, like you just said, the last two games of the season, these players, I've said it last time I was on the podcast, these players shouldn't be taking it out on social media. Literally shut us all up and just kill it. Like Cheeto never Cheeto never needed to say anything about his game. Cheeto never said a word about his game. He just put it out there and shoved. And, and there we are all said players good things. who are. There are those leaders like Phil Lindsay. There are those people who aren't taking it to social media, who aren't conversing with the media and like bring like bringing this all up, up and up again constantly. But there needs to be more. Like Phil needs to be telling like Bryce Bobo to stop tweeting it. Like the media. The way receivers are, I think it's a very scary thing that you're going to have a bunch of receivers leading this team. Yeah, I agree. 
I mean, that's their best position. Last year, their best position was defensive back. And defensive backs can be a bit diva-ish. Those guys were not. Like, down to maybe, I mean, Akello was maybe, like, the most diva out of them. But he kind of fell in line behind Cheeto and Tedrick going into last season and understood those guys' leadership. And, and he wasn't that way last season. It's, it's a bit concerning because you talk about that 10-80-10 type of thing. Wide receivers are cool, man. Bryce Bobo, Shea Fields, those guys are walking around town with swag. Like, those young guys, it'd be really easy to think, like, Bryce Bobo and Shea, and Shea Fields. And Shea Fields, maybe not as much, but, like, those guys, they're, I think they might even admit it. They're wide receivers. They have a diva mentality. Like, I know Emmanuel Sanders is totally willing. He's like, I am a diva receiver. I think those guys might even be willing to admit it. It's not necessarily who you want to be the guys people are looking up to. No. Especially because you got to earn it. Sheffields, he's probably done enough on this on that campus to earn a little bit of... He earns, in my opinion, and he roasted my column, he's earned every bit of respect and every right to say whatever he wants because every time he steps up on a football field, he is really good. And here's the thing. If your column ends up being bulletin board material for them, good news, and good. they go and win, they go and win a bunch of games because of it. People can come thank you for that too, <laughs> right? And I, I don't know that it won't. And not only did clearly she, they all saw, they it. all saw it. Like I got texts from more players than you saw just out there on social media. I got messages from coaches. Like everybody saw this thing. Um, so which is dope for like the progression of BSN buffs. I think that's pretty cool. Right, it's hilarious, but. It's funny that like, the first one everyone reads. And by the way, I get absolutely thrown over the fire after I write maybe the nicest story about Colorado basketball anyone's written in two years. Oh, yeah, everyone forgot about that story. Right, a week later. I want to go into one more thing. Uh, Coach Mack talked about Colorado State in that game. Um, he talked about how he's a little bit nervous because Colorado – We'll get, let me get to that on one okay. second because I want to tell you about Spring Valley Golf Club because it's awesome. You can play two courses in one offering, nine holes link style, nine holes traditional tree line. You're going to love the newly renovated greenside bunkers with a European twist. Stacked bunker walls. Come and try the fast and true greens that this 18-hole championship golf course delivers or get lessons from our PGA professional golf pros. And then, and then, and only then, eat our award-winning restaurant. You could probably eat there other times too. Spring Valley Golf in Elizabeth is just a few miles from Parker, just a few and less than 45 minutes from downtown Denver. Just off the beaten path, but closer than you think. Put your tea time today at springvalleygolf.com. Do you think people that live in Elizabeth, Colorado, get mad if you call it Beth, Colorado? Beth? You know what? So I had a friend in high school. Her name was Elizabeth uh, Raffensperger. It, fit, it fits into the name. So she always gave herself nicknames, so we ended up calling her Lizzie B. Raff for a while. So Still. we should call Elizabeth Lizzie. Uh, also, my friend Elizabeth called herself Liz in the club for a while. So Liz into Colorado. All right. All right. Sorry, Allie. We can workshop that later. Um, all right. So my mistake, he did say he was nervous. I don't want Buff fans to get me confused on that one. Uh, I think everyone's nervous about that CSU game. He just said it's always an emotional game, and he said he wished he would have known beforehand that CSU had a game before the wow. Rocky Mountain showdown. That's really telling that he, he said he wished he would have known CSU had a game before the Rocky Mountain showdown, that CSU switched their schedule to get a game earlier. Mac, that means McIntyre is not happy about that decision. So I can read it exactly so you guys can all hear what it says, including you guys. So he says, for, the question was, um, 
You mentioned the limelight. The lights don't get much brighter than the Broncos. You'll open up against rival Colorado State. Biggest challenges ahead into that matchup. Mike McIntyre answered, first of all, it's always an emotional game. They have an exciting, an excellent football team coming back. Their offense is ranked high in the country. You know they have an advantage this year. They're playing we, They're playing week zero. It says they're playing yeah. zero week at Oregon State. So that's a big difference to me. Then we're playing the first game. So we'll have to catch up with them a little bit. Wish I would have known that way bef that way beforehand because we would have had, we would have put a zero week game and not made it the first game. So that's going to be different for us. So hopefully we'll be fresh and ready to go, but they're very talented. They have a phenomenal, I blank on his name right now, but he's number four. I've watched the film, he's really good. They'll do a good job, so it's always an emotional, hard fought game. Savage that he didn't know his name. Phenomenal blank. And <laughs> also, also, every team ever, according to Mike McIntyre, that's playing the Buffs is a terrific team. I'm pretty sure Idaho State was a terrific Here. team. Also, I just want to say I stumbled because it's a – what? who wrote these tweets again? Or this phonetic. It's phonetic, a phonetic thing, so yeah. it's all written weird. Yeah, phonetic typing is pretty cool if you ever get a chance to uh, talk to someone who does it. I did it at the Pac-12 tournament one time. Were they um, typing what you were saying phonetically? <laughs> yeah, they were doing our conversation. <laughs> so what are you doing? I am phonetic typing. Um, going back to the serious point here, this kind of answers the question because people have been going back and forth. Uh, the, the big optimists have said, oh, it's an advantage for CU that uh, CSU has a game before. That, you know, they'll be fresh. Six-day week, too. Yeah. They play on oh, Saturday. It's a, you know, the buffs will be fresh. It's a six-day week. Um, you know, uh, this is an advantage. CU will have film. Obviously, Mike McIntyre does not feel that way. Yep. Uh, he pretty much just came out and blatantly said that's an advantage for CSU. And I tend to agree, and I've said this before, Mike McIntyre said that, and I've just kind of posed it as a concern. Anyone who watches CU football, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, anyone who watches football, period, especially in the college uh, aspect, knows that the first game of the season is wacky. Weird stuff happens. It's not always crisp. In fact, that's why there's a preseason in, in the NFL, because these guys don't tackle in practice. And they don't hit in the very hard in practice. And so you're talking about going into a game with without having had any real live action in a long, long time. And weird things happen, and, it, and then the perfect example is that Hawaii game back back yeah. in the day. Usually, you play better in your second game than you play better in your first game, and I think most people can agree with that. So, just it's a worry. Get all those jitters out. You it's a concern just... because if you if you lose to CSU, all of a sudden, seven wins seems really aggressive. Yeah, you've you have an uphill battle to get into a bowl game. I honestly believe it. If you lose to CSU. And, you know, we're going to reserve our predictions, obviously, for CSU when we get closer to it. But I know you have said you don't have a great feeling about it. I also don't have a great feeling about it. I've talked to other people that are huge Buffs fans. Nobody seems to have a really good feeling about this game this year. And last year, I think almost everybody had a good feeling about it. That's not a good sign because generally, you know, I, I hate to keep going on feeling here because I'm getting roasted for it, but... It's not a good sign when a lot of people have a bad feeling about something. And then Ryan will go, 
Ryan's about to say, well, if everyone thinks this way, then I think the opposite, and I'm normally right. I actually wasn't going to say that, but it's true. <laughs> I do do that. Uh, what I was going to say is that I think it just comes down to CSU being, like, the scariest game ever for CU fans. And so anytime after a win, everyone's like, oh, I feel like CSU's due for one now. And I think there's something to be said for that. CSU usually seems to strike back eventually. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. Nothing scares the shit out of CU fans more than CSU. And you can lie and say, we don't care about CSU. You know that the night before the game, you probably don't sleep because that game gives you so much anxiety because you know their annoying-ass fans will be all over you all year if you lose that game. And you know there's a good chance that once every three, four years, you are going to lose one. And it's going to be their state. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh yeah, and then the other thing about that game that McIntyre mentioned was in relation to uh, the venue. The venue. In yep. Matt, do you have that quote pulled up, Al? Yeah, I do. Um, so the question was, "What is the challenge of being not your at? What is the challenge of being at not your home venue?" McIntyre answered. Who's asking these? And but good, good on them because they're not saying talk about. Or could, that could have been a talk about. Talk about not being at your home venue for that game. Mike McIntyre responded, I'll tell you what, it's kind of fun for our kids, both teams' kids. You can see them get excited about going and playing in the Broncos stadium. Both schools, though, would rather have it on their home site, no doubt. Both fans' bases would, too. But it is, an interesting, it is interesting in the game, if you've been to it, that the student bodies for games show up in droves. droves. It's amazing. I mean, it seems like you have more students at the game than you do at your home games. I think they want to get to Denver. It's the first week of the year. It's Labor Day. They've been in school for a little bit and kind of getting out. So it's amazing how they come in on bus after bus after bus after bus after bus, and it makes it pretty exciting. Allie, uh, you know, you and I have similar perspectives on this because we're students, but I have a little bit of a different one because Boulder dude, but... For a lot of students, this is the first time they actually go down to Denver their freshman year. They yeah. go down for this game, and that's their first experience with Colorado football, too. This is the massive event. They all pile up from dorms onto these buses and head down to Denver together. And honestly, it's a blast it's as a huge. freshman. It's awesome. Everyone's just hammered. You're getting drinks from the seniors in the parking lots, the, the fans, and then you go up uh, – in, into the uh, the just the highest part of Mile High. I think I passed out in the second quarter one year when I was a fan. Uh, but, like, man, that game is, like, really, really fun for these freshman, sophomore, underclassmen students. Well, it's really important for these freshmen, too. It's really important that the athletic department gets these freshmen excited for this game because, it, like you said, it is the first introduction to CU football. And so bringing in these freshmen, it is such a big event, and I just always know – out of all of the people that I've interacted with, student-wise, that you're always going to go to that CSU game. Like, how could you not? People get party buses to go down there. It's this huge event. It's just this big thing. It's the first thing of the of the semester of the year that's going on. So freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, especially your senior year, it's your last CU-CSU game as a fan or as a student. You want to just go all out. So everything that I've heard, everyone loves going to Sports Authority Field and yeah. watching the game. And all the young alums that live in the Highlands now, for instance, hey. great little party there, hopping to hop. Uh, yeah, and then that's you're coming older, you get, to go, bars. You get to, right. go to the bars afterwards. So, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being at some friends' parties there on that Friday afternoon before I go to work. Obviously, will not be consuming alcohol before I go to work. It's We're our, very professional. It's our, uh, it's our home game. 
Yeah, it's for you. For here in Denver, old North Denver. But, but Ryan was saying he has a different opinion from what he's heard from season ticket holders. And that's your right. parents, right? Don't your well, parents it comes from my game? parents, but, yeah. I mean, obviously Rick George has talked about it at, at length. Season ticket holders hate this game. And when you think of it from their perspective, tell me if you can blame them. There's this place where the Buffaloes play football a lot that <laughs> happens to be the greatest place on planet Earth. And it has amazing views, and it's in one of the best cities in the world. And there, you don't have to deal with any city traffic or any of that. And it brings you back to your college and days. It brings you back to your college days. That place is called Folsom Field. The Buffs play a lot of games there. To be honest, it's way more dope than Sports Authority Field. So as a season ticket holder, why would you rather have five games at Folsom and one game there when you could just have six games at Folsom? The tailgating scene is better for those people. It all sets up better for the season ticket holders in Boulder, where most of them live. They don't have to travel. I completely understand where they're coming from. For me, I always thought it was a blast to come down to Denver. I thought I love the huge open parking lot tailgating scene because, you know, in Boulder, it's all kind of – It's like a maze. Right. It's on it's, the hill. It's like You're not the... – like you can't ever just, like, look and just see droves yeah. of people, to use a Mike McIntyre word. You just look and you see, like, 100 yards, and then there's some trees, and it's beautiful. But to sit in that concrete jungle and look around and see nothing but black and gold and a, like a straight line and nothing but green and gold after that and the people are talking trash back and forth, I've always thought it was fantastic. But I can completely understand where my parents come from, where they're like, we don't want to drive to Denver and have to deal with traffic back from Denver after the game and all these drunks on the road trying to get out federal. It makes sense. It does make sense. So I understand why the students love it. And when Mike McIntyre says he thinks there's more students at that game than their home game, it's probably right. <laughs> I think there usually is. I think that would be any case, though, for the first game of the year. Right. I think that would be at Folsom, too. I think that would hold true. Yeah, I mean, you are, you're in the dorms, and, like, one of your main icebreakers is like, hey, are you going to the game this weekend? For sure. It's so. huge. That's your first time to wear it, like, Roxy U gear. I don't know. Every – like, a lot of people that I've talked to who've asked me, like, wait, it's not going to be at Sports Authority Field for, the, like, the rest of time? Why? They're just so shocked that, like, there's a chance or there, it's not even a chance Actually, that they no will. Actually, no-name field at Mile High. That they will be going back nope. to the Folsom. Joe Ellis told us specifically today to keep they telling don't listen to me Sports ever. Authority Field. What? Nothing. What'd you say? Nothing. What'd you say? Nothing. So cute. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> it should be Jake Shapiro Field at Mile High. No, it Shrine. should not Definitely be Jake shouldn't. Shapiro. It should be John Elway Field at Mile High for the birthday boy. John Elway's birthday field at Mile High. John Elway's. Someone needs to make that uh, graphic. Uh, but uh, we asked the question of the week, too, and I want to get to that because fall camp starts on Saturday. But first, I've got to tell you about Jackson's Hole, which opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping that reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing. There's almost 30 beers on tap, including table taps that you can control at your own booth. Be careful with those. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. You know, this question of the week. Just just a quick update. I know a lot of you at home have been sitting there listening to Jake do these reads every podcast, and you've been like, man, I wish I could hear Ryan do these reads. I'm doing those reads <laughs> what? on the VSN Broncos podcast now, so I'm the host now. Uh, our, our longtime host has a, a great new opportunity coming for him, but I'm the host now, so you can hear me 
talk about nitros and IPAs and ales. Who would want to hear you talk about them? Jake says them funny, so it's funny. <laughs> Who says that I don't say them funny? Maybe if you listen to a Broncos podcast once, you might know. No, because we're, you correct Jake every time he doesn't pronounce something. Were you and I talking about this? Like, I don't remember where you and I were talking about this, but it's funny because on the Rockies podcast, Drew and I like literally just go straight business. You on you on the Broncos podcast with Zach, like straight business. No, no. Me and Zach have fun now. It was oh, really? PK that were straight business. Me and Zach are all fun now. You should do now. BSN Broncos podcast. To prove that I have podcast. listened to your BSN Broncos podcast they only laugh they like start laughing about something and then it's all laughs you should do bsm broncos podcast this podcast one so that's a very sensitive subject for us (laughs) actually fun now (laughs) they're like all they do is just giggle remember when someone said that about our podcast word don't listen to a podcast where people are fun and having passion about the buffs your buffs go listen to all those other buffs podcasts yeah all of the other ones (laughs) all the buffs podcast uh i think this ui has one question of the week what are you most uh, looking forward to in fall camp? Matt Cisnero says, hearing about the look in the players' eyes from coaches after practice. So we've already heard that. So Matt's already checked his greatest thing off of camp. Um, and he said, in all serious though, seeing or hearing, I guess, how the depth falls into place, wide receiver depth chart battles, I think that's a really interesting topic. And we can't really shed more light into it except for the depth chart was released today, the pencil depth chart. And Jawan Winfrey was rated uh, was fourth on the depth chart behind Kavion Ento and Bryce Bobo, of course, uh, and then also Jalen Jackson, a true freshman above Jawan Winfrey at this point. That was really weird. Maybe a message being sent to Jawan Winfrey. Yeah, make it more about the wins and less about the free the stuff. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That was interesting. We all expect him to start, I think, this that year or so the majority bad. of the year. More about the wins instead of the free stuff. Why are you looking at me? He started. This is a free podcast. Oh, my God. Do not complain. I wasn't, like, paying that much attention, and then my brain, like, processed it, and I was like, wait. If you, if you want to at me, you should at me. Jesus. That was good. (laughs) No, that wasn't good. Jay's prediction, Jay Skinny, our friend, prediction of wins for the season. We'll get to you that, uh, get that to you way later. (laughs) Uh, We got to get through fall camp. Uh, quarterback battle, Trevor or Paxton? The whole town is talking about it, at Matt Hansen. Uh, I can confidently say neither are going to start for the Colorado Buffaloes. But Fatan Bauta uh, and Nick Stevens up there in Colorado State, how much media coverage does that quarterback battle get? Is that still happening? I have no idea. I thought he passed the Fatan. <laughs> if not, he's about to. <laughs> God. <laughs> God damn, we're good. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. The uh, last one came from Brian Zimmerman. I like the drill where they show how fast they can step through the little squares on the ground. <laughs> Nothing laughing. says football like that. And then he was a gif of the guys going through squares really fast. Honestly, that is a great drill. That is like top. We won't get to see it, obviously, or you, but we'll get to hear about that. it. So... <laughs> You might be able to hear their feet chopping from on the other side of the fence. One of the best moments of closed practice last year. Um, me, so this is what happens. It's glamorous when there's closed practice. This is what happens. Me, Brian Hall, Adam Mustertagger, and like one other media person, it's either like Denver Post or CUI, stands outside of a gate. We hear whistles and music. Me, Brian, and Adam talk about our lives. And uh, last year during one of these sessions of us waiting for 20, 25 minutes, uh, B tried to make nest in my then ragged and long hair. 
20 minutes later, Shapiro had no hair ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me cut my hair. It was not Ryan Koningsberg. It was not yeah, the lady. I was ladies. about to say, I thought it was Ryan. It was a B. I was, I was, it was a stinging move. Well, it was a B that made you fix your hair, but your hair was an F before. Now it's A. Now it is an A. The sound you hear is Allie pounding her head with the microphone, so sorry if your speakers are getting ruined because yeah. of it. Yeah, Al. Tell them to stop, guys. Uh, this isn't live, so they can't stop us. They can't stop us now. Uh, what are you guys you. most looking forward to can't. in fall camp? There are two open practices and then a third one for the students. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, the two open practices, one's a scrimmage, and the other's the first day is the Monday of the week of the CSU game. So you're literally going to see absolutely zero things in these two practices. Uh, are you looking forward to seeing the zero things in these two practices? <laughs> I'm still thinking about if not, he's about to. <laughs> 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 the best thing I've ever heard in my life. You know what I'm doing in my mind right now? I'm so happy. The what? first down fist pump. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also... Justin Michael had a great idea there. I want to do the, the CU-CSU media flag football game. That's not going to work out well for the CU media. Why? We are fat and out of shape most. I'm even out of shape. Like, I pulled my groin or tore my groin playing softball. My question was, is it, t is it media who covers the team or just media who went to the school? Because, like, we can pull in Chris Dempsey. We can technically pull in Tyler Columbus. We could also pull in, like, uh, a couple of the dudes at the fan. The, hey, I'm know. fast. I'm a good running back. One person did uh, want it to be co-ed. Is there any? I'm trying to think of. Well, Jenny Kavner, Jenny Kavner, but she's pregnant, so I don't think she she'll be on the team. Yeah. She's 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 a uh, she's athletic. She. Yeah, I she saw her uh, do a package. I think with we the would Rockies. win. I think we would win. I don't know. Hold on. I I just don't know, Ryan. It's I think it'd be closer than you think, just because like the the regular CU media. I just mm. I don't know. Like, Rich Kurtzman looks like he could still ball a little bit. Like, I don't know if Brian and Adam are, like, going to care. Like, who's the quarterback on this team? Like, and how many people do we need? Like, there's well, not I'm that many people in the Buffs media. I feel like there's more CSU media members because they're just more students up there that cover the team because the collegian. Like, the Buffs don't have that. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have a bunch of spry young kids. Bro, we're winning this game. I'm scared. I've got a bad feeling about it. <laughs> I'm telling you we're winning. I... I don't know if I trust our defense. Our offense is great coming back. A lot of good receivers there. <laughs> I just I don't know about our defense. I can already tell just by looking in your eyes we actually might lose. <laughs> and that's how you look in someone's eyes oh and know God. if they might win or lose. Okay. Uh, well, we got a couple other things real quick on this podcast. Uh, the TBT team loss sucks. Uh, they just fell apart in the second half again. It was a disappointing game. No offense from them. Like Their offense just went stagnant. Disappointing. I wonder what happened to Co uh, not Copeland, Richard Roby. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't as invested this year, like trying to get the injury updates. I didn't realize. I didn't know why Levi wasn't on the roster. He was like there, just not playing. So I'm assuming. I think he's got work stuff. XT had an injury, so they'll be back strong next year. I wish they would do something else besides just playing this tournament. Like they would do like, like I know, Drew right? League or something. I don't know. If Chauncey can play in Big Three, why can't he play in TBT? I don't know. Like, is he not good enough? Like, he's got to be good enough still, right? Yeah. I, he, he looks fine in three-on-three. Three, he's uh, playing yeah. in that, that big three league. and He looks good. Yeah. Those jerseys that his team has are really sick, too. What is this song? I really like it. I, I don't 
no. Not off the top of my head when I have headphones in. Uh, hey, Eden Oaks episode of the BSN Buffs podcast is presented by Eden Oaks, Colorado's leading commercial and residential custom mill shop. From custom doors, furniture, countertops, bars, mantles, shelves, tables, and much more, Eden Oaks designs, builds, and installs your imagination. Eden Oaks is the industry leader in reclaimed, repurposed, and living edge lumber. They recreate amazing products from builders, designers, and residential wood lovers everywhere. We encourage you to go to their amazing work at EdenOaksWoodware.com. That's EdenOaksWoodware.com. Well, we got one more thing for you on the podcast, and that's this really cool thing our friend Brian Hall from the Daily Camera tweeted out about his story, uh, which I believe is going to be on Drew Lewis. Yes. Uh Brian Howell said on Twitter, one of my favorite parts of my conversation with Lindsay and McCartney was this portion about LB Drew Lewis. This is awesome. So this is uh, Philip Lindsay talking. He goes, Drew Lewis is, is going to open a lot of people's eyes. Drew is one of the most athletic men I've ever been around in my life, other than Cheeto. And Brian comes in here. Lindsay started to tell a story about this thing CU does called Heels on Wheels. It's where the treadmill is put at the highest level of incline and while turned off, the player has to run 400 meters at that incline. They have to do it in a certain period of time. It started as a punishment, but has become something players do just to test themselves. This is Lindsay coming back in. People usually can't do it. Usually they're throwing up and can't get past it. I tried it and thought, I'm a bad dude. I'll try this. <laughs> I got halfway and looked over and said, I'm getting off this. Drew gets up on there, and he doesn't even get there. He crushes the time, gets off it, and says, what's next? I'm thinking, what? Yo, I was already bending over, and I only did half. At this point, I was like, all right, this dude, either he loves working out or he's just a freak. And he lifts the house. Uh, McCartney comes in and says, he's so strong. You don't know it because he's lanky. Doesn't look like a huge dude, but he's strong. Lindsay goes, he's better than people think. Bigger than people think. Well, that's huge news, especially with the departure of NJ Follow with those linebackers. Like, they need those linebackers. There's not much depth there, and there's not much talent at the top. So if Drew Lewis, Rick Gamboa step up, Taron Hasselback, who I think Ryan and I are very high on, step, steps up. Ryan Moeller looks like he's going to play that position again, steps up. They could be good. They could have a good front seven. There's just not a lot of depth there. And that's famous last words. Their front seven is good, but what about eight and nine? It's always the spot where you don't want it, where it seems to happen. Yep, no doubt. Uh, that has been the BSN Buffs podcast for this week. Last summer podcast. It was a blast. Summer has flown by. Uh, Maybe Sam it's because I was suspended so many times. Sam Weaver, Chase <laughs> Howell are going to be on the podcast a couple times here starting soon. We'll have practice our coverage of practice every single day starting Saturday. We'll be there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Friday, the next Saturday is the open practice. So we'll be there all the time. If I'm not there, Sam and Chase are going to be there. So follow them on Twitter at Samantha and Weaver at Chase Hall. Of course, at BSN Buffs for everything. Al, go ahead. Um, follow, stay tuned for a lot more video coming at you guys. Buffs, Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, Avs. We're doing it all, so stay tuned for a lot more video. We're going to try and give you some more behind-the-scenes looks at the buffs. No, my access has not been taken away or my credential, so I still have the opportunity to give you guys access from behind a cubicle or from my mother's basement. And I'm going to be relocating to a new house at Dove Valley for the next month. So He's at Ryan Koningsberg. She's at Ali Monroy. 11. 11. I'm at Chapalicious. Thanks for following us at BSN Denver and obviously reading all of our stories despite what some of you may say. And uh, we love it. Keep adding us. Come at me. Come talk about my height. If all you got is my height, I'm doing pretty good damn well in this world. Let's 
Let's end on a more positive note. We love you guys. Love us more. <laughs> love us. Love what? What's it in Arrested Development? Love each other. Love each other.